Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I am beyond thrilled to have my dear friend, Nanika Ansari, on the show with me today. Nanika, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Mm, Can you just tell us what your background is, what you do for a living, and just some goodness that you're going to share with us today? So uh, my name is Nanika and sorry, and I love it when Kathleen pronounces it correctly. It just brings so much joy <laughs> to my heart. I am the owner of Just One Hot Mom Coaching Services. And what that is, is like, I feel like I'm a hot mom in my own right. And so are other moms. And so we have to own that hotness, whatever it is, whether you're good at something, whether you're improving at something, whatever it is. And the coaching services offer moms an opportunity to build themselves, like not just build businesses, but become a better mother, become a better friend, become a better you. And so we talk self-care. We talk about a lot of things in coaching services. We talk self-care. We talk life in general, raising kids, having difficult conversations. And so it was really me deciding what maybe I think in 2015, I decided I was like, there are women just like me who are trying to be better, a better mom, a better significant other. We're just trying to do better. And we just don't know how. And so I started building what I call a toolkit. And there were lessons that I would learn with each of my kids. And I would add what I learned from those lessons to my toolkit so that I could use it (laughs) on the other kids. And even though they're all different, there was something that I could take from the lessons with one and I could maneuver it and manipulate it to to use for a lesson with the other. So I have three children, 23 17 and eight. And so I have a lot of experience in different age groups. And so that's what, uh, that's what I do. I help moms build uh, better lives for themselves while raising their families. Mm, That is so needed and so necessary. And I just love the alignment of your vision of what you're doing and what I'm doing with foster moms and adoptive moms. And you actually just like a good friend does reached out to me and said, what can I do? How can I be of service? And we just chatted on the phone and we just kind of came up naturally and you were like, let's talk about culture. Let's talk about, you know, let's talk about black culture. Let's talk about culture from a person who can talk about it. Cause you know, we all can only talk about our own. Right. So I appreciate that. And so, yeah, I think that it's important because, you know, as I look at other foster parents and stuff, and they don't necessarily get kids that look just like them, that come from their same culture. I think it's important that one, we start to have those conversations with people so that they can reach out and get the help that they need. Because, you know, you may not be a Black woman, but you're a woman and you know what it's like to be a woman. And so you can tell a daughter like, hey, this is what I go through. You may not know what it's like to be a Black woman. And so that's why we build up our tribe to help us train up our children in the way they should go. And so you have to pull from different resources. And I'm like, well, why not? You know, like, (laughs) because if I was a foster mom of a white child, I would have to ask like, hey, what do I do? There are just certain things that I don't know. And I think because we get so wrapped up in color sometimes that we tend to forget that these are children that deserve to be raised in an environment of love, of health, of wealth, you know? And so not that color isn't important, but like I always tell people, 
people, even with my son, like they're like, oh, you're a single mom. You can't raise a man. And I'm like, no, but I can raise a good person. I can raise a decent person, a caring person, a loving person. I can raise him in an environment in which he will know how to treat people. And so I pride myself on that. No, I'm not a man but I know how to raise a good person. And so you may not be a black mom or a Hispanic mom or, you know, a mom of a different culture, but you do know how to be a good mom. You know how to be the best mom you can be. So why not use that and then pull on other resources to help you be the best at that? Oh, I just love the way that you put that. It's so encouraging to me because seriously, I think it's not something that, I mean, when you're a foster mom, especially many times you just are like, just call me with the child, a placement. So you just don't know. And literally you don't know until like the day of or hours before the child lands in your home and whether or not you foster them and they go to an adoptive family or they reunify or you end up adopting them. You are absolutely right that the best thing for the child is to yes, have a person who loves them and care for them, but also to celebrate their culture and not have Mm -hmm. it be something that we don't talk about. And I love that. And I think that's where we missed the point. Like people I've seen like online, like people like, oh no, a white family can't raise a black child and a black family can't raise a white child. And I was like, what about biracial children? Like they're being, so are we just going to say they're not being raised? And so it's a matter of, it really is an effort on the part of us as the mom to make sure that they feel like they're learning a lot, not just what goes on in your home, but they're learning what goes on outside. And a part of that is learning their culture as well. Mm -hmm. But it is, like I said, it is up to us to make connections as friends, as a tribe to say, Hey, if I see Kathleen struggling to call her up and say, Hey, how can I help you with this? How can I make this better for you? Or to even explain some of the things that are going on because we all think differently. And that's like within any culture, we all think differently. We move differently. We have different practices. And so it's just a matter of building a network. I like to think of it as a tribe Mm -hmm. to help you raise your child. And I guess a part of my toolkit too, like, and my toolkit is like, it's not a Rolodex now it's the phone, but just imagine you have a Rolodex in your toolkit of people you can reach out to and connect with. If you are fostering a child that you don't share a culture with, that -hmm. you can say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. What can I do? Mm, I love that. And I think it takes so much humility and just willingness to be vulnerable, to do that, to make that call or to even look at your circle right now as it is and be like, Hey, mm-hmm. does anyone in my circle look like my child? Does anyone in my circle, is anyone else in my circle of foster or adoptive parents? Anyone else, you know, a single parent, just, can we have certain people that we can call on that really can get it? with us or for us, you know, I love that so much. So what would you say to a family who is adopting like a black child and they're like, I might be struggling right now. Like what could, what could you say or to support or encourage or tell them? First, I say pray. And I think like that was one of the things like as a coach, when I first came out, people are like, oh, you're a faith-based coach. And I'm like, yeah, that's for me, that's the foundation of a lot of the issues. If we just learn and determine that like all of our structure comes from God and we learn that, you know, our faith. So first pray, pray that you're going to be aligned with people that can help you. And sometimes those people aren't in your current circle. That's what we tend to forget. We tend to rely on our circle for so much, for helping us self-care, for helping us encourage and supporting us and all of that stuff. Sometimes it's moving outside of your circle to see the help that you need. So first I would say pray. Secondly, I would get in 
touch with a person that has your like-minded parenting and style. So we all parent very differently, but we have some things that we have in connection with the person. So if you see them out, you see the way they treat their children, and you're like, oh, I thought of that with my kids. You know, try to connect with them and have a real conversation. This is what I always tell my ladies. Real conversation gets you real results. Mm. Don't have superficial conversations like call me up and say, oh, well, um, I think I'm parenting wrong. Tell me what's really going on. (laughs) So when you're having this conversation, say, hey, this is the issue we are having in our home. It's a behavior issue or it's whatever the issue is. It could be a food issue, a hair issue, whatever. It it could be a lotion like we all, you know, whatever it is. Be honest in that conversation because we miss a lot of what we're supposed to get by not having honest and open conversations with people because honestly we're afraid we're afraid to be judged we're afraid that we're going to get it wrong and let me tell you this when I the first thing I always mention is we are all getting it wrong Mm -hmm. so it's no need for you to be ashamed or embarrassed we're all getting it wrong there was no manual when you left with the hospital with biological kids you don't get a manual with adoptive kids you don't get a manual with kids you're fostering or if you're a step-parent there is no manual for any of this we are all just winging it and it is truly by God's grace that we're getting some of this right and so when we take away the shame of thinking like I have to do this perfectly Mm. none of us are perfect None of us. And I get that a lot. People are like, well, what makes you think that you could tell somebody else how to be a better mother? And it's because I know that I'm not a good one. I'm just going along doing the best that I can. And I'm blessed to see my kids do very well. Mm -hmm. And so I think like for me, it's like, yeah, okay. I may not be an expert in all areas. I think I'm an expert in some, (laughs) but because I know that I'm not doing it perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me feel like I can encourage and support other women to, to put that weight off of you, mm-hmm. take it off of you and to embrace, like, you're not going to get this right, but yes. you're going to do the best you can. That's so important and so encouraging because I think that you're right. We look around and we look at what other moms are doing and we look at social media feeds and even <laughs> sometimes social media feeds, like you said, of like people being like, oh, like white kids can't be raised by black people and black kids can't be raised by white people. And like, that's, you know, it could be scary. It can make you feel like, oh gosh, I'm scared to ask for help. I'm scared to connect. I'm scared to ask a question. But really, like you said, like we're all, no matter how our kids came to us, no matter what backgrounds we have, we're all just trying the best we can and we're falling short. <laughs> but we just need to help each other every day. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we don't realize that we do more damage than good when we do that. Like it's mm-hmm. about the kid. It's not about me. It is so not about me. It is truly about making sure that that child is raised in the best environment possible. And if you want to become alongside me in this environment, then you are more than welcome. If you see that I'm doing something that may be incorrect or you know it can be done better, then come alongside me and correct me. You know, correction, the Bible tells us that, you know, there's a way to go about correcting people. So pick a good way to correct me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one that doesn't shame me or make me afraid to reach out for help from others. And so I'm just like, you know what? I never want women to feel bad about the way they mother. Well, and I call them maternal figures because honestly, you know, if you have children in your life that you are helping to raise, that you are giving advice to, you become some type of maternal figure. So even if you're the auntie, Mm-hmm. You're the maternal figure in that child's life. And so I don't want us to feel bad or ashamed for the type of mothering we have to do in order to see the best uh, possible outcome for children. 
Mm, that's exactly, I love that so much. It's just all about the kid. If you are struggling with, you know, a decision about, should I ask for help? Should I not? I think the real question is like, is this going to benefit your child? And how could it not right to ask for help and just say, mm -hmm. yeah, I need a little bit more guidance right here. I'm not sure. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So what do you tell moms who come to you and they're just like, uh, Nika, I really need some guidance in this area. Like, I feel like I, maybe if they're experiencing shame or guilt around something with motherhood. First, we kind of dissect it. Like why? Because there's a root to all problems. There's something that took place that gave you that feeling of shame or guilt or fear. And so we have a conversation. So I tried, like we do an intake form. I try to get like, you know, that just because somewhere in that conversation, you're going to reveal the real issue. Most of the time people come to me with one issue and we discover it's something else. And so we start from there. And so we start to have conversations about that issue. And then what I do is I go back and I look through my toolkit and I see like, okay, like this could go on her toolkit. This could go on her toolkit. This could go. And then I go through and we have another conversation and I say, okay, now here are some things that I've come up with that are tailored for you in particular and what you're going through. Um, let's see how these work. And it really is a process of elimination because even for me, learning who you are as a mother, because we're all growing, we're all developing. I'm not finished learning how to be their mom. They haven't reached, <laughs> we haven't reached a space where, okay, I've, I've done all I can in motherhood <laughs> and you know, I'm done. And so we're all still learning. And so I like giving people things that will help them learn, that will help them grow. And for me, updating my toolkit. So like, okay, I have a thing where I start having difficult conversations with kids. There's a whole list of things. I have a video that goes with it that tells you how to start difficult conversations with your kid. And then boom, something happens in my household and I have to have a difficult conversation that I didn't imagine before. And so as I teach other women, I also practice it myself so that if I learn something new, I go back and I say, hey, this gets added in for your next conversation or for the next thing that you're going to be able to do. So always so for women, let's get to the root of what the real issue is. Cause I've had people going to be like, my kids don't like me. They can't stand me. And it's like, okay, your kid, they love you. Like kids mm. love you. Even when they don't know it, they, they love you. So why do you feel this way? What happened? Let's reveal like, but I always feel like I can't work with you. if You're not going to be willing to tell the truth. Mm. Yep. And a big part of helping you be a better mom, live a better joyous life is a part of you getting real honest with yourself. And so I always do this exercise. We don't do it together, uh, but I tell people to get naked. And I'm talking literally and figuratively, like get in front of your mirror and get naked and really have a conversation, no distractions, no phone, no clothes, nothing inside of your house that will cause you to like, oh, because I could be sitting here with my sweater and be like, oh, this is, you know, no, yes. nothing. Because honestly, sometimes we have to have an honest conversation with ourselves. And that is where we initially start is you being honest and real with yourself. Because if you can't do that, you can't be honest and real with me. You can't be that way with your kids. And let's be honest, when you go and get help from other people, if you're not honest with them, you're not really getting the help you need. So it's important to be transparent. And I was asked, 
<laughs> my kids probably are like, she's too transparent, but I have to be honest with them or I won't be able to coach other women and being better mothers if I can't be honest with the people I'm raising that I say I can help you raise yours better. Mm, I love that. I love that. Just the vulnerability of that. And just how, like you said, like if you are not being honest, you cannot get the help that you really need. And so I think you're right. Like, it's like removing those layers and trying to just get to the very core of what's happening. And once you get there, like you said, then you can go to that tool kit and say, here's what we can do. Here's what we can try. And like you said too, trial and error, which I love. I'm like, there is, like you said, like, (laughs) we don't know all the answers, but we can provide solutions. And I love how you're doing that for the women that are following you and are just, you know, you're just, your personality is just so magnetic. I mean, your videos are amazing. And I'm just so thankful that you're doing this. And you know what? So like, I tell people, like people see that. And I was like, what you see on social media is actually how I am in real life. I try to be as transparent as possible, but I get trolls too. And you some do? Like, oh, yes. Oh, cinnamon. <laughs> yes. I will let me at them. <laughs> and you know what it is though? You have to appreciate people who question or who challenge you because honestly, I feel like that's the way to be like, okay, I need to make this message clear. Or maybe I do need a reality check about how I'm saying something or what I'm doing. I never, ever intend for any mother to feel bad, mm-hmm. but sometimes in my knowing and expertise, I say things in a way that can make you feel bad. And so I always tell people I'll be the first to apologize because that's not my intent. But honestly, I take those people as like the challenges and people who come in the comments, like, how do you know what you're talking about? I want to be like, well, one, I did graduate. So I am a certified coach. Uh, I have a degree in women in leadership. Mm. And so I just took everything that I learned and applied it to being a mom. And so I believe moms are like CEOs. And so like, oh, you run your house like a business. I'm like pretty much so and it runs <laughs> well. But I also take the opportunity to keep learning and growing. And that's another thing we need to learn as moms, no matter how we're mothering, is that we have to learn and grow. Because if you stop and think that you're just the mom, you have all the answers. Your kids are being raised in a way and other people's kids are wrong. You are limiting your kids' growth and you're also limiting your growth experience. And so life to me is just one big growth experience. And so I'm willing to continue to grow until the wheels fall off. And so I just hope and pray that for other mothers that you don't forget that you still need to grow. That's so good. That's so good for every type of mom. That is exactly what we all need to hear because you're right. We're never done. Even when our kids become adults, we're like, I've never parented an adult child. So now I am. And now what's that look like? And you know, that's the thing, but like, I have to ask my mom, like, okay, like when I was in my thirties, you know, how was that? Cause now my oldest is in her twenties and I'm like, whoa, like that's different. And so it's a matter of like, my mom will always be my mother. Like that's it. And she's, I'm sure she's never going to be done raising me. So, <laughs> but however Same. you get a kid, like even like growing up, we had a um, foster sister and even now we're still friends with her. Mm-hmm. And so when you see her raise her kids, you know, I'm like, I can imagine I'm like, oh, I remember my mom showed us that and you still use it too. It's a matter of, we're never done raising. And so you need a village around you. That's going to be like, yes. Like I always tell my friends, they think it's so morbid, but it's the truth. I'm like, if 
something were to ever happen to me and you had to step in and you saw my kid doing something that I wouldn't approve of, I would hope you would come and say, your mother would not like that. And yeah. here are the reasons why. <laughs> or you know what? Your mother would wish this for you or your mother would be very proud of you if she could. Mm-hmm. I want them to be surrounded by people who are going to love them the way that I love them. And so I, I am very intentional about my village. And that's as a foster parent, you have to be intentional about the people you surround yourself with. You see some people think like, oh, that's not your kid. Like, you know, you don't have to really show them that love. But yes, every child deserves to be shown love. And so whether we're fostering, adopting, birthing, step parenting, maternal figuring, however that is, you have to be intentional about how you do that with that child. And that means being intentional about the people you surround that child with. Oh, that is so true. And so good for people to hear. It is. Yeah. It's the, it's what always back down to the best interest of the child. Doesn't matter how they came into your care. Our focus should be giving them resources, building healthy relationships in a village Mm -hmm. around them, a village around us, and just helping them thrive in every single way possible. Because the question I ask parents are, would you right now, if you had to let your child loose on the world, would they be ready? Mm. Would they, could they love other people? Could they help other people? Could they support other people? Could they support themselves? Mm-hmm. If you are questioning that right now, then there, it's never too late for you to change your parenting style to be like, okay, this, what do you want to see at the end of the day? Like what, like I can say right now, if my kids were standing outside somewhere. I can honestly say like, I am proud to say that they are good people. Mm -hmm. that they support and love people, that they're kind, that they're generous, and that they are ambitious. Like I can say, uh, what child, what do you want to see for that child? No matter how that child came to you, what do you want to see for that child? And then parent that way. Yes. That is the ultimate. Yes. Right there. (laughs) Like begin with the end in mind. What do you want? Ultimately, ultimately our goal and our role as parents is to prepare our kids to go. (laughs) <laughs> to be out in the world. Someday they're going to go. Ah, someday. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it some days, but yeah. <laughs> no, not no. no oh, especially when they come back sometimes. Yeah. I've had one return. And you're like, okay, what did I do? But you have to remember, like, they're still growing and learning. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that I did create an environment where she felt safe enough to come back and to ask my advice. Like, sometimes I'm like, okay, this child's going to call and ask me every time she needs to make a decision. But I would prefer for her to know that she has a solid foundation, that she can't ask the necessary questions, that she doesn't have to go into this world and try to figure out everything on her own. Like if there's a lesson I learned, please learn it from me so that you don't have to keep bumping your head uh, on a lesson that, you know, see, that's what we're breaking generational curses over here. We're having conversations that we need to have. We're working on ourselves. We're self-caring and see when we didn't see that growing up, if you didn't see that growing up, it looks different now. Like your parenting is very restrictive. And I'm telling you that your parenting can have leaps and bounds and is endless to what you what the possibilities are for what you can do for your kids. Okay. I just want to talk to you for like six more hours. I love everything (laughs) that you're saying. No, I just like, this is what I mean. Like you're such a light and I'm just so thankful. It's so true. We are not bound to one way of being or one way of parenting or just what we saw. I mean, 
so much better to think about it as what you said, just like an endless, boundless possibility of ways to parent. And I go back and talk to my mom because my mom's like, well, what type of parent do you think you were? And I was like, it wasn't that you were a bad parent. You ended up with me. <laughs> you <laughs> clearly were amazing. <laughs> you clearly did something right. Yes. But I was like, it was for me to take the lessons and become a better parent, you know, better. And not that I'm greater than my mom or anything. It's just our situations, our lives are supposed to become better. So my kids aren't supposed to take the parenting style for me and they're supposed to make it better and work for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we need to start doing in our homes, in our communities. We don't see that sometimes though. You know, it's like, don't talk to my kid. Don't say anything to them. We're very, but we do need a village. We need a tribe. You need people that you can be intentional and trustworthy with to help you because you can't do it all. I don't, two parent households, four parent households where there are step parents, we cannot cover all the bases of everything. True. You just can't. No, no. I love it. So <laughs> I want people to be able to connect with you because you are just, you are a wealth of wisdom and grace and knowledge. And I just love your style. And I know that people would just resonate with all the goodness that you have to share. So where can people find you online? Well, you can follow me and my kids at our website. It's Nanika. So it's N-A-N-E-K-I-A. And you'll be able to follow all of our social media from there. You can actually call me. Like I told people, I was like, it does ring to my, you won't get another person. There is no service. I believe in being hands-on and intentional with people. You can follow me on Instagram at just one hot mom. You can follow me on anything where you can download a podcast. It's called the uh, Just One Hot Mom Maternal Self-Care Podcast, where we talk all things maternal and self-care. Mm. And so that's where I am, you know. Or, or ask Kathleen. Like, yeah, I'll show you. I'll link lady. it all up. No, I'm going to link it all up for you because you are just such no. a gem. Thank you so much for being here. And I know I've already said, I'm like, you're going to come back, right? Like we're going to talk more in the future anytime. on this podcast. Yes, right. anytime. I enjoy your conversation just as much as, you know, we just vibe. We, just we totally vibe. Oh my gosh. I wish you lived so much closer. We would it. hang out all the time. I, we really would. <laughs> I would be like, let's have Starbucks. Let's have. Let's go to Target together. Yes, I really wish that. But all my favorite. I'll see you soon. All right. Take care. (laughs) Thanks so much. Bye.